you're traveling in the North Country Fair. traveling in the North Country Fair Where the winds head heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there She once was a belly wants to talk. I, I thought that was funny. Um, hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that all of you came. 
I was a little worried this morning when it was raining, but you know, I guess that God exists and he loves me apparently. So thank you so much for being here. Um, it's single and second anniversary. I am very happy to be celebrating it with me, with you, with me. I mean, I do celebrate it every day with myself, but... Um, so I see some faces that I'm not very familiar with, so I'll explain what singling is just in case you don't know what you're here for. Uh, two years ago, I was dating like the world is ending. I was going on dates on Monday, not on Monday, Mondays was my day off. On Tuesday, Wednesday, like every day of the week, I had one date lined up and I was on all the freaking apps that you can imagine. I was even on J-Date and I'm not Jewish. So I was really determined to find a really nice, maybe accountant on J-Date. I really, really wanted a boyfriend and it turns out that all of the dates that I went were kind of similar. We would go out for a few drinks, we had a lot of fun, and I, maybe we would make out, and I would get home thinking, I met the one. And then the one would not text me, or his texts would come like less and less intense, and I would have to like banish the wedding that I was planning in my head. So um, after, Many, many experiences like this, I thought, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I, I am doing something wrong. Maybe my personality is not great. Really? But <laughs> what was I thinking? So I started talking with other people about their dating and their, li their, their love experiences, other single people. And turns out that a lot of them were going through the same things that I was going through. And then I started talking to people that were in relationships and were married and how did you meet your husband or your wife and how do you make it work? And all of these stories really made me feel better about myself and, you know, gave me hope. And it made me understand what dating in the United States, especially in New York, is like. And I started recording all of these stories because I thought, you know, these stories are helping, are helping me probably they're gonna help other people as well. So I recorded these stories and I put them together on a podcast. And that's how I came up with singling. So the stories that you're gonna hear today, hopefully are not gonna make you cry. But if you listen to the podcast, some of them could make you cry because life is not always very happy, right? But all of these stories are gonna be relatable because all of us have crazy dating stories somehow. So this is what you're gonna listen today. Dating stories, love stories, that will hopefully put a smile on your face and hopefully make you LOL. And, and hopefully make you Instagram and download the podcast, just saying. <laughs> I, I don't wanna push you, but we are single in that come, you know? And uh, I think that we should start the show with our first uh, storyteller, where is she? Sydney Washington. There she is. Um, I've had her on my other show that maybe you should also go to Party of Two. That's also not dying. And uh, I, I love her. She's very funny. You, you can see her on VH1. And also she has a podcast, uh, uh, Unofficial Expert, which is also very funny. And it's a monthly podcast, right? And you also got, have a, a live show. Where is the live show? 
just you can you can just Google her name and probably every all of her information is gonna pop out. Welcome to the stage, Sydney Washington. Hey. Uh, so three years ago, I was exhausted. Okay, tired, like sleepy, like I can't do it no more. I was dating everybody. I mean. The Keebler elf from the tree, uh, the trainer that lived with his mom, uh, dude that was missing part of his roof. Like, I've dated everybody. <laughs> the guy that left me for a one-legged chick. Like, it was just going on and on. And I was exhausted. I was like, I can't. I'm done. I'm not dating. I need to take a break. And also had just kind of really gotten to comedy. And I was like, I need to start taking this more seriously because I'm going to be a star, so I don't have time. And <laughs> I was doing comedy every night, you know, in basements and whatnot, and just killing it. <laughs> just doing so well. And so I was like, let me, let me party a little bit. Let me celebrate. And I decided to go to Central Park for this party. Um, the beer was free, so I was like, dev going. Um, so I went to Central Park, and I'm with my friends, and I'm drinking, and I'm living it up. And I look across the way, and there was this beautiful girl with curly, like, bouncy, Pantene Provine hair, just bouncing, just killing it. And I look over, and I was like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. And she's looking at me like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. And I was like, I know, thank you. And <laughs> I'm drinking, I'm drunk, and I'm like, I would make out with ha, ha, ha. And I'm just saying that because I'm wasted. And apparently, she must have heard me because she came over. And she started talking to me and giving me those eyes, like, I'm interested. And immediately, I was like, I'm really busy. I'm a comedian. <laughs> Let her know, like, I don't have time. And then she was like, I like comedy. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I could do that. You know, I want some more fans in my life. So I tell her, you know, I'm, I'm doing comedy every night. And she's like, well, where are you got a show? I was like, uh, you know, check my webpage. I didn't have one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Check my Instagram, I need more followers. So she takes my information down and she's like, I would love to see you do comedy. I was like, okay, you'll see me. And so it's done, we leave, I leave the Central Park. I'm not thinking about it no more. But I am thinking about her a little bit because I, you know, I've dated women before, you know, only on the weekends when <laughs> shots were involved. But this time I was like, I, I think I actually like this girl, you know, and we were going back and forth. And she ended up going to a comedy show, didn't even let me know, just came, just showed up. I was like, stalker. Uh, but it was good, I had a good set, because I'm hilarious. And I was like, thank God I killed it, because if I bombed, man, that would have been embarrassing. So she's there with a friend, and her friend was like blocking. She didn't really want us to prosper. Uh, when she went to the bathroom, she was like, I feel like I know you. And I was like, because I'm a star, yeah. She's like, no, I think you dated my friend before. And I was like, what? She named the name. And I was like, oh, homeless hair? Yeah, I dated him. And he was like, oh, you, he says that you give the best head. I said, a word? You gonna do this here? Oh, you are definitely a hater. But also, he said that? Oh, wow. Um, really? <laughs> he said that? That's quite nice. <laughs> So we hang out, we're, <laughs> after the show, I, I pay for their food, you know, real gentle woman-like and just treating her right. And we're going back and forth, we're talking on the phone for hours, like 
two, three hours in a night. And like as a New Yorker and as somebody who's older than 25, like who does that? Who does that? Like I have to wait on the phone with a representative for more than two minutes. I'm hanging up. Like why? I'm talking to her for three hours. So I'm feeling like I like her, but like, I don't know yet. Yeah, you know, I'm busy. I'm doing comedy every freaking night, making people laugh for $20. Like I'm doing it. I don't have time for a relationship. And also I was like, I don't know if I really want to be with a woman, you know? But I've dated both sexes and it doesn't matter what gender you are, as long as you're emotionally unavailable. That's my type, you know? <laughs> That's my... If you dead inside, ooh, I'm hot like that. Whew, empty, I love it. <laughs> hollow, I love a hollow person. Uh, so we go out one night. Well, actually, I went to work, and she met me at my job, and then we hung out, and we were at this, this real fancy, you know, diner. Uh, I'm not going to name the diner, but it was real fancy. Like, they had coffee and utensils. It was cute. Uh, just giving her the world, and we hanging out. We making out, and I, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I really, really like this girl. And so... You know, I don't want to give it up because, <laughs> you know, I usually do that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to make you wait. Um, so I leave this date at this diner because I was like, this is a date. You know, I paid for it. This is a date. <laughs> so I leave. I get in a cab. And maybe 10, 15 minutes into the cab ride, my head is flying into the partition, y'all. Flying. And the first thing I was like, oh, my hair. Is my hair okay? Is, it, is the wig all right? Is it attached still? <laughs> And then the second thing was like my teeth. I was like, you know, I was like, is my teeth all there? And both of them were attached, it was great. Uh, but I had just gotten in a car accident in my taxi. I got in a car accident and it was a hit and run. And it's real New York, like the taxi driver just left me. He didn't even care. I was like, is he gonna check on me and my wig? No, he did not. He trying to catch the dude, but I was like, it's a hit and run, he's gone. Uh, so I'm crying profusely. I'm like, does anybody care? And it's like, no, this is New York. Nobody care about your tears. Nobody care if you bleeding. I was bleeding, like my mouth was all busted and I, I get out of the cab and I'm bleeding and I'm crying and there's a man like bleeding and crying too. He's like, nobody cares, this is New York. So I'm like, damn man, I, I just got in an accident. I don't have any insurance, what the hell I'm gonna do? I was like, definitely not getting an ambulance, but like kind of getting an ambulance. So I call. <laughs> I call all my emergency contacts. I have five. I have five. I had Roxy, I had Anthony, I had Sandra, I had Nicole, I had the bathroom attendant at Lavo. Like I had, I had emergency contacts, right? And none of them picked up. Not one of those people picked up. I even text one of them, but like, yo, I got an eight ball. Didn't even nothing. That that usually gets Anthony to the scene immediately. He didn't even care. I was like, wow, my emergency contacts ain't shit, man. So I was like, oh, I got to call. I got to call this girl that I just started seeing that I have feelings for. I got to call her. So I call her. She pick up on the first fucking ring. I said, wow, thirsty. You are so, can you let it ring for a minute, girl? Damn. Act like you were doing something else. Like, let the answer machine play. Like, what's up? Like, pick up on the first ring. I was like, she is crazy. <laughs> but also like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, she picked up. And I'm crying, I'm like, I'm just in a car accident, like, I'm bleeding, I'm by myself, can you come? And literally, like, eight minutes, boom, she's there. And I was like, what? Like, do you have a magic carpet? How the hell? <laughs> it's New York City, how the hell did you get here this fast? 
unless you put this accident together like that. <laughs> shit I'm thinking about, cause she's nuts. <laughs> so she gets to the scene, she got her friends there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. Like, cause I guess she had met up with her friends. Her friends are there, they Snapchatting, they like just putting filters on my busted lip. It was crazy. Just real messy. <laughs> so I'm crying, uh, like, just really, I was like, I want to win an award for this, you know, just in case there's a casting director on the corner of New York City ready to cast me in something. I'm there. I'm putting the waterworks on. So the, the ambulance come, and I'm crying. And at the time, I thought I looked crazy because I had this busted lip, and my hair was crooked, and I felt like my eyebrows were burnt off. It was nuts. And he comes up to me, and he's like, Mommy, mommy, why are you crying? You still look really, really good. Like, giving me a compliment. I was like, thank you, ER dude. Uh, that's cute. <laughs> and then he had to check me because, you know, I was in a car accident. And he started touching me in between my chest. And he's like, don't worry. I, I just want to make sure you're not broken inside. And I was like, too late. <laughs> too late. <laughs> it don't have nothing to do with this accident. But you can say, put it on the sheet that I am broken. <laughs> I am broken inside. <laughs> So we get in the ambulance, and she's there with her friends. We go to the hospital. I don't even need all this. Like, it's just a busted lip. Like, I had needle and thread on me. Like, I could have just stitched it up myself. We go to the, we go to the hospital, and it's in, it's in the hood. And, you know, there's, they didn't care. They didn't care about my lip. They didn't care about my crying. They didn't care that, like, half my nipple was out. Like, there, nobody was trying to take care of me. And so we were in the emergency room for like three hours, right? I was like, they gonna come see me because I'm, I'm a comedian that's on the scene every night. They know who, they gonna treat me like Kevin Hart in this bitch, uh, but they didn't. They made me wait even longer. And so finally they get, they see me and uh, you know, I'm playing like I'm hurt because I'm also trying to catch a case or whatever and the nurse is trying to talk to me and I'm trying to act like I can't speak. I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> just real dramatic. And so the girl that I'm seeing starts speaking on behalf of me. And I was like, look at you, <laughs> look at you. And she starts answering all these questions like where I live, what's my favorite color. And I was like, what? Wait, hold on. How do you know all this shit? <laughs> Did you Google me? Like, what's going on? And then I was like, wait, you Googled me? Okay, great. Uh, I am so famous. <laughs> so she's answering all this stuff for me. And I guess she was annoyed like I was because we had been there for a long time. And I really just needed my lips stitched up. That's really all I needed. And so her and the nurse are kind of going back and forth. And the nurse starts getting annoyed because she kind of like, well, why are you answering these questions? So the nurse is like, so who are you? And that's when I was like, yeah, what? What's going on? <laughs> y'all fighting? What's going on? Ladies, ladies, there's enough of me to go around. Why y'all fighting over me? She's like, who are you? And so this girl that I'm seeing is like, I'm her girlfriend. And then I was like, wait, hold on, what? Huh? What you say? <laughs> That's when I started talking, because I was like, we didn't discuss <laughs> that this is official yet. So she tells her that I'm her girlfriend, and we together. And then the nurse was like, okay, love wins, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hashtag love wins, and then she leaves. And then I'm in there like, wait, are we together? Like, are, I mean, you did come here at the drop of a dime, but like, you didn't talk to me first. 
So I'm there and she went out for a minute and she comes back and I'm discharged. And this woman, this woman got me a bacon, egg and cheese. And I just feel like, are you trying to trap me? Like what's going on? When somebody gets you a bacon, egg and cheese, something is up, okay? Cause that is the key to my heart. Extra bacon, what? That crispy, chewy guy? Oh my God, girl, where delicatessen did you get this from? Uh, she gets me a bacon, egg, and cheese, <laughs> and we, we get in a cab, and it's crazy, because why am I getting, I just, I'm traumatized. I'm trying, I was just in a car accident. Why am I getting in this cab? Because uh, she's paying, so she's this woman who's paying for the cab. I'm in there, and I, I try to bite into the bacon, egg, and cheese, and right away, she's trying to talk. She's like, you know, I said that, you know, we're in a relationship, but I just said that for this, you know, the nurse to stop getting on me. And she was like, but if you don't want to be my girlfriend, I totally understand. And I said, wait, hold it. In front of the bacon and get you, hold on, girl, wait a minute. Can I eat my sandwich? That's rude. And then the taxi, the taxi looking back, so are y'all together or what? What's going on? You moving the partition, so what's up? What y'all doing? Y'all together? Y'all gay? What's up? <laughs> y'all look like sisters. It's crazy. Um, so I, I was like, let me just eat some more of this bacon and cheese and think about it. Mm. I was like, well, I do like her. Uh, I could talk to her for hours. Um, she pays her phone bill because I called her and it, it was working. <laughs> was work. That is the important thing in a relationship. Do they pay their phone bill on time? Okay. Because I've had some people that I'll call them and it was been disconnected. It was like, doo -doo -doo. I was like, oh, I got to break up with you. This is terrible. Um, pay that T-Mobile. <laughs> She pays her phone bill. She can't. She came at a drop of a dime. She was in the ambulance with me. Everything. She bought me a bacon and cheese. I'm listing all this stuff because you gotta. You gotta have a list. You gotta like. Why should I date this person? Does this person make me happy? Uh, do they have both their legs? Like stuff like that. That's what you. Do they know my favorite color? She knew that shit. I was like, wow. She was she watching my videos on YouTube? What's going? Like all this stuff. So then I said to myself, I was like. You know what? I should... Yeah, girl, you my girl. You my girl, right? I mean, she's also my girl, but now she's also my emergency contact. So honestly, it is a win-win. And I'm saying if you ever feel like giving up on dating and you're just tired, just know that you're a car accident away from a relationship. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hopefully, you don't have to get in a car accident. Maybe just give me a call and you can come to Denver. <laughs> That's probably gonna work out better. <laughs> but also, I know when someone is like kind of stalking you and it's kind of a borderline crazy creepy, but if they see my YouTube videos, it's like, yeah, we can marry it. Yeah, of course. Um, our next performer, where is okay. Yeah, there he is. Calvin Cato, you can see him on Oxygen, and you also have a new show coming up with Anita Flores, who I do another show with. And it's about um, funny stuff in TV, I can't remember how it's called. But he can tell you when he comes on the stage, right? Calvin Cato, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
The show is called I Didn't Have Cable because both Anita and I grew up without cable. So we watch all the most basic shows. Like, have you ever heard of a show called VIP? Exactly, because you all had cable. That's what happens. Do you guys watch reruns of Mr. Belvedere on Saturdays? Exactly. Because <laughs> you all had cable. All that, didn't even know what it was. I was all not into it. Um, <laughs> lots of fun. Um, so this is uh, actually my best worst dating story that's ever happened. And I need to give you guys some context because this happened uh, about 10 years ago. I was in my early 20s back then. So if you hear anything stupid, understand I was in my early 20s, okay? I was, I was making a lot of mistakes back then, you know? Like I thought dog walking was a career. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't <laughs> in my right mind. So things were happening. So I was in my early 20s. Um, I was actually just starting to do comedy and this was uh, the first time I was actually like seriously dating as an adult. And um, this is actually a very queer-friendly show. I don't know if this is going to be like, I don't know, super like hetero after this. I don't know why hetero meant fisting, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I said, that's what you guys do, right? Yeah, punching Vikings! I don't know. Um, <laughs> what Z's. So, uh, this is very not hetero. So I was, I was uh, seeing this comedian. Um, let's call him Dave, because his real name was Mike. And... <laughs> Um, Dave Mike was a guy who I, I was we were seeing each other. It was okay, um, but he was like a, a shitty boyfriend in a lot of ways. And we at one point he broke up with me, and I was like, you know what? That's cool. All right, we're done. And then he was like, oh, I feel bad. I made a mistake. Uh, and then he was like, I'll take. Let me, can I have another chance? And I took him back. And then he broke up with me again. So I was already on the warpath. And. Here's the thing, is that like he broke up with me again, but before that, like we were having sex. And here's the thing, he wore he wore a t-shirt during sex, which yeah. Exactly. Which free the nipple. Do you know what I mean? Hashtag free the nipple, it's fine. <laughs> Bothered me. Strike one. Strike two, it was a Simpsons t-shirt. And I love the Simpsons. <laughs> you can't be staring at yellow people while having sex. It's really awkward. It's nasty, okay? And strike three, it was a Simpsons teacher. It was Ralph Wiggum, and it was me fail English. That's impossible. That was the last thing I saw having sex. And I was like, this will not stand. So, I was, so we broke up with me again, and I was like, what I'm going to do for revenge is I'm going to find a guy and who I'm going to have sex with that guy, and then that way it'll clear the slate. And like, you know, I wasn't going to tell him, but I felt like he will know. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes, like if, like, if you have an injury and your bone hurts, you're like, oh, rain is coming. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I would have sex with this new guy, and he'd be like, ooh, my ear's twitching. Ooh, Calvin found new dick. All right, I guess that's good for him. I assume that's how that worked. Again, early 20s, I was dog walking. I didn't know. You're touching shit a lot, so you're going to meet a lot of shit. So, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a guy... I need to find a guy who like is both pleasant but and like you know safe to have sex with, and um, you know I looked for a guy the old-fashioned way, Craigslist, and um, <laughs> it's Craig. He knows a lot of shit, so <laughs> so I went on Craigslist and uh, I was I, I was screening, you know, I was like looking for things like you know don't own a knife, great, like you know, and I was like trying to prioritize what I was looking for. And then I found a guy, um, and he seemed very, like, nice, super pleasant. Uh, we had, like, you know, several email exchanges, and we exchanged pictures, like, face pictures, not just, like, downstairs business. 
Um, again, classy. I'm sorry you're turning her away. Um, I, <laughs> so I, we exchanged pictures. We talked for a while. I you know, asked him like what he did for a living. He said he was a chef, which I was like, that's great and that's wonderful. And then this is what I always do whenever I date anyone online. Like while I, I always ask, like, are you a serial killer? Because the answer to that will tell you a lot about that person. <laughs> like, because sometimes people answer very incorrectly. <laughs> you would be very surprised. You would think that there would be only one answer, which is no, but there is not. <laughs> there are several answers. Some of them are wrong. <laughs> this guy was fine. He was like, oh, I only murder Cheerios, which I was like, that's cute. You're a dad, fine. So, not married. He was single. I just want to make that clear. I wasn't... I make sure that there's no wedding ring on. His, his picture didn't have a band in it, so I was like, it's okay. So I was like, we're gonna meet in public. Uh, we met, so we, but the only thing he said was before, he's like, just so you know, I just have a thing in my past, so I just want you to know that. Which is ominous, and I wish that there was something more, uh, sp like, you know, specific than thing. But I was like, okay, a thing. We all have things in our past, you know, whatever. I pissed myself at McDonald's once. Like, I get it. We all have things that happen to us. But I was like, we're going to meet in public. So we go to this bar in Union Square, and uh, I go and meet with him. He looks, he looks attractive. He looks decent. He looks chef-y, I guess. Um, I don't know how chefs look. A Chop Chef wasn't a thing yet, so I didn't know, and I didn't have cable. Um, so I meet with this guy. Everything seems nice. He seems like, you know, cool, hunky-dory. He's like, hey, do you want a beer? And I said, yeah, sure. So he buys his two beers, and then he like finishes the first beer within a minute, just like chugs it and slams it, like it's a game of flip cup. And I was like, whoa, this is fast. And he's like, hey, do you want another beer? And I said, well, I'm still working on this one. He's like, I'm gonna get us two more beers. And I said, okay, fine, I guess this is what we're doing now. So he gets us the second beer. He finishes that second beer within like five minutes, and I still have two beers on the table. And I was like, I should hurry up, because this is gonna get weird. And so we're talking, but things still seem normal. They seem fine. And then, he, and then I asked him, I was like, hey, so you mentioned this thing in your past. What is this thing in your past? And he goes, well, I was in jail for something. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to be rude, you know? Because, like, I'm a liberal. Like, I went to Wesleyan. Like, I don't know. It might have been on some bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like. Was it some bullshit or was it not some bullshit is what I asked. And he was like, well, okay, it was a thing. Like, it was like, it was a misunderstanding. And I was like, okay, what do you mean by a misunderstanding? Like, and what kind of jail are we talking about? <laughs> also important. Like, you know, because I've seen Oz. And I was like, is it like Oz jail or is it like Monopoly jail? Like, did you roll too many doubles? Like, what was happening? And he was like, well, okay, so I was on, I went to jail because like, there was a thing with someone underage. That's literally what he said, and he used air quotes. For the record, never use air quotes with underage, because it makes it sound worse. Way worse. And he got this, it was a misunderstanding, because I didn't know, he didn't tell me he was underage, and kept using this. He didn't tell me he was underage, and then my only reaction was to go, oh, but I'm 24! Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, because I, I look really young, and then I didn't want him to be like, is this a sting? Is like Chris Hansen going to jump out? And I was like, no, I'm 24. It's fine. 
And then for some stupid reason, I just kept the, the date going. I kept it going and did not walk away after he said that. And it was like a real, like, it was one of the things where like, it was like a strike one kind of thing. But I was like, well, you know, it was a, it was a quotation. He used air quotes. So it's fine. Like, I'm sure maybe he had a fake ID from Pennsylvania like we all did. You know, whatever. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know his life. So we keep having the date. Things continue. And, you know, we work past it. We talk about The Economist and things like that. And it was fine. And he was like, hey, you know, would you want to come back to my place? And I said, you know what? Yeah, I think that this is fine. We're going to do it. You're right. It was a bad idea. Um, Because I needed revenge. I needed to win, you guys. I needed to win. I needed to, like, you know, get this new dick to, like, clear the palate. And it could be, like, connect four, and I'd be great. So... I agreed to go back to his place. And he's like, hey, by the way, just so you know, I live in Bensonhurst in Brooklyn. I don't know if you guys know where Bensonhurst is. Okay. Two people have a two-hour ride home. So deep in, and he's not even like close to the train. He's like, we have to take an express bus to my place, which is strike two. And I really should have said no, but he said the magic words, which is I'll pay for it. So I was like, whoo, thank goodness. Uh, so now I'm on an express bus. I'm on a 60-person limo, basically, going <laughs> to this man's house in Bensonhurst. And we're, like, sitting in the back of the bus, like, two horny teenagers, just, like, talking and giggling and, like, kind of, like, rubbing crotches. And the mood lighting was great, so I felt like it was just the time to do that. And, like, we're there, we're talking, and we're still talking, and, like, it's a pretty decent conversation, and, you know, like... I'm like telling about like my hopes and dreams, and he's talking about his hopes and dreams, which I assume means, you know, no parole. And like, <laughs> it was great. We finally get to his place after we get off the bus, and it's still another like five minute walk to get to his place. And then we get to his place, and he's like, hey, like my place is a little messy. <laughs> so here's the thing. I go upstairs, and we get into his place, and he is a straight up a hoarder, like a whore. <laughs> Durr. Like, there's, like, cardboard boxes everywhere and newspapers everywhere. And it's, like, one of those situations where, like, I kept hearing a cat, but I never saw a cat. <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> like, I, we, as we'd walk through, I'd be talking, and I'd hear a meow, just a stray meow. And I'm like, is this an alleyway that we're going to fuck in? Like, what is happening? This is crazy banana pants weird. But again, I'm still like, well, you know, like maybe he just had a lot of stuff and he didn't get to like clean up yet since he left jail. Like I kept making excuses. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking like this could be like an episode of like male snaps. Like I didn't think that. I was like, yes, this is fine. It'll be fine. So we get to his bed. His bed is clean. And, you know, I was like, the bed's clean. Just take this win. It'll be fine. So we go, we have sex. And it's very good sex. Okay. Like seriously. All of you should sleep with the next convict once in your lives because they appreciate the shit out of sex. <laughs> like, he was into it. And I mean, part of it was me. But like, I felt like he was really doing the heavy lifting, so to speak. Um, so we go, we finish, the sex was great. And now like, I'm just laying there and I'm like, okay, I have to figure out a way to leave. And he's like, well, you must be really tired since you know, it was really strenuous work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I skipped, you know, going to Blink Fitness. And so he was like, well, hey, how about this? I'm a chef. Do you want some soup? And I was like, what? He's like, do you want some soup? And I said, 
are, is okay. And so he leaves and he gets me a bowl of soup, like tomato soup. And it's already awkward enough to like have sex with someone where there's already been all this stuff established. But now I'm like sitting naked in this guy's bed eating soup. <laughs> like it's minute 45 of some weird gay indie movie. Like, <laughs> not sure what's happening. <laughs> Are we gonna talk about gay rights? Like, what's going on? And I still remember this. I'm like sitting cross-legged eating soup, and he's like, oh, please don't spill on the sheets, which I'm like, every fucking other thing is dirty here. Really? You can wash sheets. And so he's like, no, but use this pillow. And he just takes out some random pillow. Now I'm sitting like cross-legged on a pillow, soup on the pillow, eating soup. And I'm like, okay, this got really weird, and this is not where my life should be. <laughs> I don't want Dave Mike to have his ear twitch and be like, oh God, is this what Calvin's doing now? Damn, I should take him back a third time. And so I'm sitting there eating soup. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, because I had mentioned I was a I was doing comedy. He's like, oh, you do stand-up. Oh my God, do you know who Donald Glover is? Which I was like, no, because not all black comedians know each other. That's not how that works. And then he goes, Did you know that Donald Glover is Danny Glover's son? And I was like, that's not true. And now I really have to leave because <laughs> this is getting worse. And then he goes, you know what my favorite comedy is? Do you know what my favorite comedy is? The Big Bang Theory. And I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> I'm not going to sit through Bazinga while eating soup. That's not a thing I'm going to do. So I'm just like, you know what? No. And so I delicately put the pillow of soup down <laughs> on the corner of his bed. And I said, it's time for me to go, but thank you so much. And he's like, I know you're really far away, so like, do you need cab money? And I was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. And then he like goes over to his wallet and he pulls out $50. And he's like, do you, you, do you, if you need, here's $50. And so me being the poor 20-something I am, I was like, $50? <laughs> like I clutched my pearls, guys. <laughs> And so I literally was like, oh, well, thank you so much. He's like, do you want to call the cab? And I was like, I'll call the cab from downstairs. I'll call it from downstairs. <laughs> I pocketed the $50. I walked downstairs. <laughs> I took out my phone and found where the nearest train was. I walked like half a mile to the train and pocketed that $50, you guys. Pocket, because that was tax-free money, okay? It was tax-free money. And I went home. I never called that guy again. But I will tell you this, sometimes a bad date can lead to good tax-free money. So you never know, guys. You never know. Thank you very much. I was thinking on when was the last time that I ate soup naked with a next gel person. But I no, I couldn't remember that. Out. Thankfully. <laughs> but now, all of you have some tickets for, I'm going to do a raffle. And uh, you're going to help me. Oh, we have some gifts from our sponsors, which are uh, my favorite Dominican restaurant in Brooklyn, which is Puerto Viejo. Then my favorite Mexican place in the whole city, which is La Loteria. Yeah. And then also my favorite sex shop, which is Pleasure Chest. I'm, I'm not going to say what this is, but this is from Pleasure Chest. Yeah. 
We don't have anything else. But I mean, we have more stories. Our favorite, uh, our, our next performer is really one of my favorite. I think that she's like my big sister, and, and I consider her like a single in resident because she has been on tour with me. She has been on the podcast a few times, and that's why I wanted her here because since since my air quote Calvin last show in New York, but as a New Yorker, please welcome to the stage Sandy Marks. <laughs> I know, you're looking at me and you're thinking, why is Lisa from accounting up there? <laughs> After all those young, sexy, interesting people. Sorry, you're stuck with me. Okay, so um, like six months ago, my husband Keith and I are walking in Soho on West Broadway, and it's one of those, you know how in the spring when it just gets warm enough to walk, like everyone's out, like you have no place to be, but you just start like wandering around, it was one of those days. So we're like meandering, looking to go for brunch. We don't really eat brunch, but we're like looking because it's beautiful out and we've been sequestered all winter. And it's super, it's so crowded downtown that it's like playing Frogger, like to walk like down the street. You gotta like, anyway, while we're walking, we're not like, I don't know how far we are. I see Jack. Oh my God. Okay. Now Jack totally broke my heart and stomped on it 30 fucking years ago. <laughs> But he looks gorgeous because men, fuck you, you all, none of you age. <laughs> we all have like shit going on and he's really good looking and he's tall and he still has good posture and he has a blonde wife. And I know that it's him right away because, okay, let's be real. I don't know about you guys, but when I have spare time, I got a lot of spare time, I'm looking up and just kind of looking around Facebook and seeing what happened to everyone who failed me, who left me, <laughs> who dumped me at the curb. And Jack was always on the list, and he's quite cute. So I see him right away, and we get to that point where you know you kind of want a duck, but we're too close for a duck, neither one of us. And he sees me, and he, I could see he recognizes me. Not that I think that he's following me on Facebook. I know he's not. But <laughs> I look kind of the same, only bigger and stupider, but like like sort of the same, only more exaggerated version of myself. So we have that kind of greet meet you get when you run into somebody that you're not sure you really want to see. Okay, so he's got his spouse, I've got mine. Now we do this thing that I know you've done. When you see someone that you've had sex with but a long time ago, and when you see them now, you don't want to really hug them tight because you don't necessarily want like the titties and the toolbox and everything to like kind of match up. So you kind of do-si-do and you, kind of air hug and you square dance around to say, hey, hi, hey. So we do that and Keith is looking amused. He's like, you're a jerk. And his wife is like, really? You went out with her? Like I could see. <laughs> All right, so we start to talk and then we do that thing where you go, hey, what have you been up to? And I say, well, it's been 30 years. I have kids, I've been married twice. I had a business, I don't have one anymore. I'm doing a lot of stuff. And he says, well, I've been, you know, I don't, he was a drummer. I mean, he was the sickest, sexiest drummer. He said, but now I've been touring with a show. It's a one-man show, and I sing, and I tell stories, and I write my own stuff, and it's doing really well. And that's when I say, I know. <laughs> I know! I know! I know! I said, I know. 
Okay, now you can't get out of an I know. And I know it means I know, I knew. Okay, so and he's polite, but I'm thinking, oh, you are so busted. Okay, so here's the story. The reason I knew is because I live in Westchester, and one day I was like driving to some like mini mall, and I see this huge sign at the JCC in White Plains, or I don't know where, with his fucking picture, and it says, a Jew grows in Brooklyn. Okay, now, it's his face, it's him. I don't want this guy, my Jack, who now I might add is called Jake. Somehow, in the <laughs> he thinks that changing a vowel and a consonant will make him, I don't know, give him more gravitas or sexier or better playwright. So Jack has now become Jake. And I see him and I'm thinking he's going to be at the Jewish Y. Do I want to see him telling stories like Billy Crystal when he was like the sexiest dude I ever went out with? He was the hottest guy. He just made me feel like I had possibility to be somebody more than who I am. Okay, now let me explain. All right, so it's the early 80s, and I'm kind of like a disco rat. I go to Studio 54 and Xenon, and there was this one club that we all loved. It was called the Red Parrot. Now, if any of you are old enough to have been in New York back then, it was on West 57th Street, like all the way west, and it was huge, and it was beautiful, and you could dance there and do drugs and smoke cigarettes inside because we all smoked everywhere. And their little hook was they had a big band. Like, not like small, like, we're talking Dorsey, we're talking Miller, big band. And they would play at night. Now, I was a dancer and I wanted to be an actress, so I really, really had appreciation for this. Most of those skanks at that club, <laughs> I they were like doing poppers and snorting shit, and they were like, me, me. I was like, I, okay, so this one night, it's the early days. Now, I had just come back from Club Med, which was a thing back then. We used to go to Club Med. Now, it's all right. So I came back from a Club Med, and I was very swarthy. I looked really good for then. And I had a lot of hair, and I had this rawhide halter top with feathers on it, like Cher when she was with Sunny, like really classy shit. And I thought, I can't waste all this. I need to go out dancing. And my roommate did not want to come. And I said, fuck that. I'm going by myself. I'm going to the Red Parrot. So I took my hair and I took my halter. And I went prancing on off to 57th Street. And I got into the, it's never a problem when you're a girl to get into these clubs. They need more girls. It's not a big deal. So I go in and it's packed. And they're playing, you know, and, and there's this guy, the drummer, with the hair and the sweat. And he's doing sing, sing, sing on the drums. I mean, talk about a sex call. When you, when there is a man with drumsticks and he's into it, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but you could, I would go to the end of the earth for a guy with a pair of drumsticks. So, and I see him and I'm like, I want him. I want that. It's like I have owned him. Now, meanwhile, there were millions of other girls there and they're all thinking the exact same thing. And I'm like, no one's getting in my way. So everybody's like dancing, and I can see the girls there. We have like our lip liner and our gloss, and we're, we're working it and shimming, and they're doing their poppers, and everybody's happy and smoking. And, and I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make this work. All right, so they get a break. You know, bands get a break. So they get a break. So I run to the bathroom. I gotta tidy myself up. Meanwhile, my loins are on fire like in a romance novel, because I know I'm gonna get this dude. 
Now, meanwhile, when you go to the bathroom back in the 80s, you can't get a stall because everybody's doing drugs in the stalls. So, like, you can see, like, everyone has the mirrors out and they're doing coke and everyone, and it's like, whatever, you wait. Okay, so we go to the bathroom, I come out, and then I kind of saunter over to the bar in my halter top, and Jack slash Jake, he's really Jack, he comes right over to me and he says, hi, just like that. And I'm thinking, yes, yes, he saw me in my tacky queen's outfit, yes. So he says, you know, have you ever been here before? I said, no, I said, you're a great drummer. We start talking, and without much, he says, can I buy you a drink? Yes, we start drinking, and then he says, um, I have one more set, showbiz talk. <laughs> if you can wait, maybe we can meet up afterwards. Okay, sure. Now listen, this is the 80s before AIDS. Herpes was it. That was all we worried about. <laughs> we were fucking everybody. I once had sex with a guy on my roof because I was locked out of my apartment. I'm not kidding. It was a thing. We did that. That we just, sure, I'll wait. Okay. So I'm thinking like all you skanky girls think you're so cool. This skank is going home with the drummer. All right. <laughs> Oh, I knew. It was on. Oh, it was on. All right, so the night goes on. He's playing his stuff. He's really good. A lot of rhythm. A lot of rhythm. All right, so the night's over. And he says, all right, let's go. It's like 2 in the morning, and I'm so excited. All right, so we get a cab. He lives down. He lives right here. He, li he lives on McDougal. It's like right here. So he says, all right, let's go downtown. I was like, fine. And we start chit-chatting in the cab, and he asks me what I do, and at the time I was still a dancer. And he says, and this is important, Drummers and dancers get along well because you know about the rhythm. Yes, yes, oh yes. Dancers and drummers, okay. All right, so we get to McDougal, we get to his place, fourth floor walk up, no problem, I'm young. I don't have an issue with this, dark, no lights in the hall, and it's like the walk-up buildings we all know, where architecturally speaking, not good. Like, nothing's working. It's like the banister doesn't meet with the, the, the thing, and it's like, you know that somebody, one bad fall, there's gonna be a death in that building. I don't care, I'm going up. I'm having sex with this dude. All right, so we get up, he opens the door, and it's dark, and it's cluttered, and it's fabulous, and he has this beautiful, very old dog, you know, with like a one eye, one, like, fill me eye. <laughs> and then he has like photographs of his, like of his tanta, you know, and his aunt and his mom, and he's like a nice Jewish boy. And then he has like sheet music everywhere, and it's like, yes. And lots of fur from the dog. And he says, I gotta walk my dog. And then he lifts the dog, because he's gotta carry the dog down four flights. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm marrying this man. Any man who can carry a dog and play drums, Oh, we're, we're, this is it. All right, so he comes back up, and he's so cute, and he's so sweet, and he's got, like, big brown eyes and lots of brown hair, and he's got those gnarled drummer hands. If you ever meet a drummer, they have very bad hands. They have, like, calluses, and they're just a mess. They're really sexy hands. They're, like, all fucked up. And so, and then his bedroom isn't really a room. It's, like, an alcove, and it's one of those loft beds, but the bed is so close to the ceiling, so there's not a lot of Kama Sutra or, like... You know, you just kind of, and he's tall, so you can't do a whole lot, but it was fine. It was great. Now, he did say in his, you know, just in his, on his behalf, that he had been dating someone for a long time, but they were taking a break. You know what that means, right? That means I'm cheating on my girlfriend with you. But I didn't hear that. I just heard you're taking a break. You're so responsible that you told me. Fine. Okay. For the next four or five months, we went 
everywhere together. We had so much fun. The guy was, he was smart and funny and he could drum. He used to play basketball right on 6th Avenue, right in this neighborhood where that fencing is. I would hang on the fence like one of those little unadopted pets that Jewel sings about. <laughs> like, I was so stricken by this guy. Okay, so finally, the inevitable is obvious. I mean, come on. He says, we're having a lot of fun, but I have to try to work it out with my girlfriend. I was devastated because I kept thinking, oh, he just said that. Maybe he was just afraid. Maybe he was nervous. Maybe he just doesn't want to get... No, 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 he has a girlfriend. Okay, so that was it. And that was the end of it. And I never saw him again for 30 fucking years. And now... Jack slash Jake is on West Broadway with a very attractive wife, and he probably has very healthy children. And we're talking, and all I'm thinking about is all the things that I've done over the years that inform me to get back to Jack. For instance, I note, my husband and I took drumming lessons. <laughs> now, I never mentioned to Keith my interest in drums, but we went to the learning annex, obviously the best place to learn how to drum. And what they taught us there, I swear, I'm not making this up, they teach you this. Please pass the tartar sauce to drums, to bongo drums. That's all they teach you. Please pass, and they give you all bongos, and there's a class filled with people, and it's like in kindergarten where you get stuck with the triangle. You don't get to choose your drums. You just give, you, you take what they give you. So like if the Red Lobster had like a special one night and they needed entertainment, we could sing, please pass the tartar sauce. That's as far as we got in our drumming. But I just, the idea of being around drums was so sexy and fabulous. And my husband, who's so great, but he's a dentist and he's not a drummer. He's not, I mean, I love him. He's not, a, he's not a drummer. All right, so, all right. So when I see Jack slash Jake, I say, it's been so great. And he goes, I really love it if you'd come see my show. And I say, yeah, I'm going to really try. But the bottom line is I have no intention of seeing my beautiful Ringo Starr when I was his wonderful little penny on the back of the bus with the hair who could go off and wander around and be on the with the road trip and, and all the roadies and I would be his girl. I, that wasn't going to exist anymore. At some point, I think you have to kind of grow up or act your age, even though I still don't know how to do that. So I thought, no, nah. and I didn't want to go see him in that because why do I want to see him as like Mel Brooks, I liked him <laughs> as Ringo Starr. So no, I won't probably see it, even though the guy is pretty terrific. But I'm married to someone who I adore, who can do wipeout on the steering wheel like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm serious. And if I can be with him and know that drummers go with ex-dancers, that's all the world that I need. Thank you. <laughs> I love Sandy, and, and if you want more Sandy in your life, you can go see her tomorrow at the Grackle in Brooklyn, right, Sandy? Grackle. And uh, also, uh, she's going to be at the, at the Perfect Sliers show next, next month, which is around here on, what's the venue? Cornelia Street. Oh, yeah, on Cornelia Street Cafe. It's a very good show. I, I love that show, so I recommend it. I'm not sure when the date is, so maybe you can ask her after the show. But if you need to know anything else about her, you can 
you can go to sandyjmarks.com. And uh, our, our next storyteller, he has headlined at Carolyn's Club. Do you know Carolyn's? If you don't, seriously, you're in New York. It's like one of the most popular comedy clubs, and he was the headliner there just like two or three months ago. And of course, he has also been on singling. <laughs> and he has a, a weekly comedy show at the Pit on Sundays at 8 p.m. Yeah, so you can also see him there. And also, if you think you're funny, maybe you can try, but no. Jan Marcus Oresi, guys. Hello. Um, before I start this, round of applause if you've been skydiving. I saw you, you raise the hands too. That's fine too. It's okay. Uh, so if you haven't, you got to do it. You got it. And I know some of you guys are like, no way, I would never do it. But you have to think about it logically. You are more likely to get hit by a car right now than when you're skydiving. I promise. It's true. It's true fact. It's, very, it's true. I looked it up. So uh, I went skydiving in Interlaken, Switzerland. Yeah. And, and the reason I went, I, I had just gone out of a very long relationship with this girl. Her name is Michelle. Or it was Michelle. Now it's Traitor. And no, she's, she was she's a wonderful woman. It actually, uh, it was an amical, I, I ended it, kind of. We, we basically, we met in college, we were dating for five, six years maybe, and we were 23, and it just felt like the next step in our relationship was, was marriage. But for me, getting married that young, it's like, you know those, um, those pizza places sometimes have a competition where if you can eat this like table-sized pizza in one sitting, you get it for free. And some asshole always brags like, I got this, no problem. And after he eats about a quarter of the pizza, he gets a little cocky, he calls over the waiter, he's like, bring me a Dr. Pepper, I'm not even a little full, I'm gonna eat the rest of this, and then some. And then he takes two more bites of the pizza, he vomits all over the floor, and then he passes out in his own vomit. That's what getting married young is. It's like a stupid pizza competition that ends with you and probably everyone around you vomiting all over the floor. Also, my parents are divorced, I probably could have just said that, but... So, so we had kind of an amicable breakup. She went to L.A., and I, I decided to go backpacking around Europe for three months. Just me, uh, a paperback copy of Infinite Jest, and um, 93 condoms. Just one for each day. I was young and very optimistic. And um, so, yeah, I started in Sicily. I went to Berlin, Prague, Amsterdam, uh, Dublin. This is not an accurate map. But uh, I, Lisbon, I ended, ended in Interlaken, Switzerland. And I felt, I felt the way I do at the end of most vacations. I felt like I just wasted the entire trip. Like I was only halfway through the, the Infinite Jest preface. I had uh, only used two of those condoms. And on my feet, it was a shower in this hostel in Amsterdam. It was disgusting. And... Um, The whole trip, all I was thinking about was Michelle and how much I missed her and like, did I make a big mistake and should I just like call her and beg forgiveness and propose? But that's when I saw the brochure for skydiving. And I was like, oh, instead of proposing, I'll just do this. Um, 
Because marriage and skydiving aren't all that different. You know, it's, 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 it's a big decision. It costs way too much money. Uh, you have to sign away your life. Um, and ultimately, on the big day, you're strapped to someone else. And sure, you can separate, but it's probably going to hurt. And, um, and so I signed up. I even paid extra for the guy, a second person, to jump out with me to film me. So, you know, in case anything goes wrong, maybe at least I can go viral. You know? <laughs> And the moment I paid, the moment I paid, because there's no refunds, which is very smart of them, because if there's anything I'm more than cowardly, it's cheap, you know? But the moment I paid, I started getting cold feet. I started freaking out. I was taking very long walks, trying to become one with nature. I, uh, I, I wrote out a, a very sloppy will, you know, divvying up the $46 in my savings and the remaining 91 condoms. It, it's, all, it's all there. It's in a Word document on com my computer. It's titled, What to Do with My Remains Should There Be Any. It's still there to this day. But other than that, I'm holding it together. Um, until, so I signed up to go skydiving the next day. And, and then that night, I'm you know, pacing in circles around the hostel. And uh, a woman comes in who had gone skydiving earlier that day. She had filmed it as well. She pops in the DVD in the common area TV. And if you've seen one of these, you've seen them all. I mean, it's, it's like a Metallica cover band, plays music in the background. You see the person put on the suit, and they're the training. They go in the plane, they go up. And when they jump, there's always three phases. One is just sheer terror. They're so freaking out. But that's immediately replaced by phase two, where they're just like so happy that they, they were brave enough to do this, and this is so exciting, and it lived up to every expectation. And then phase three, no matter who the person is, they will always look right at the camera, and so stupid, they go, I'm a bird, every time. Every time. It's like you're not flying, you're falling, you know? But I, I'm watching this, this, this woman's video, and I'm seeing just this look of pure happiness on her face, and I was like, oh my God. I cannot do this. No way. What am I, crazy? So instead of going to bed that night, I actually Skype Michelle. I know, smart. And I say to her, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Just, I asked her to give me permission to not do it. And she's like, oh, okay, uh, don't do it, which made me furious. I was like, could you push me, please? Could you help me be a better, stronger man? And she's like, all right, you should do it. I'm like, what, are you crazy? If I die, this is on you. And we go back and forth like that until we're both weeping. And I finally say to her, okay, I think I'm gonna do it, but if I do it, I want you to know that you will be the last person I think about. And that's when I hear someone scream, Giancarlo, which is not my name, but I knew it was the skydiving people there to pick me up, to take me to the airfield. We've been Skyping for seven hours. So I say goodbye to her for the, another hour, and I, I, you know, I, I kiss the camera, ugh. But I go, I go uh, into the van, you know, big van, no, no seatbelts on the way to the airfield. I'm with three other guys that are going skydiving. These are my best men. And um, turns out that they just, uh, they're, they're in the army. They just finished a tour in Afghanistan, and they are freaking out. They are just as scared as me. And I was like, you can't be scared. You just got back from Afghanistan. They're like, yeah, that was crazy, but this is insane. <laughs> and the driver's trying to calm us down. He's like, guys, you're more likely to die on the way to the airfield than skydiving, which only made me want to get out of the car even more. <laughs> Finally get to the airfield. 
They put us in the, you know, the traditional orange jumpsuit, which I think it's like in the worst comes to worst, it makes it easier to find the body in the trees, I guess. And they do, they do uh, the training, which lasts just as long as it does in the, in the videos, because there's not much to do. The parachute goes off or it doesn't. There's no position to soften the blow. I know, I know. Next thing I know, I'm getting on this tiny Hot Wheels plane and we're going up. And I'm <laughs> very scared. So like to try to relax myself, I try to get to know my tandem jumper. Because that's tandem jumping, which is where you're strapped to someone who's brave on your behalf. And uh, I get to know this guy. His name is Eben. He's Australian. He looks like he was uh, born in Oakley's. Like one of those cool guys. Like, and I was like, Eben, how many times have you skydove? And he was like... Pfft. I lost count after 3,000 or something. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. So are you married? And he's like, nah. I'm like, oh, do you have a girlfriend or boyfriend? He's like, no. I was like, well, do you have any pets? He was like, nah. If I disappeared, I don't think anyone would notice. And that's when the doors open. And I am now scooting to the edge, straddled by a possibly suicidal skydiver. Really should have checked this before they gave him the job. I get to the point where my feet are hanging over the plane, and it's, I mean, it's just cloud. It's like what you imagined heaven was like as a child. It's just billowing white clouds, and the air is pouring in. And I, I know I seem a little, a little I, I'm a little crazy, but I've never heard a voice inside my head that wasn't my own, except for this moment. My feet are hanging over, and I heard a voice go, you can't die, Gianmarco. You're the main character. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, right, I forgot. And so I joined in three, two, one, and we jump. And it is the greatest experience of my entire life. I was joy. I've never been so in the moment. And, and, and it was raining, but we were above the clouds, so it was like raining onto the rain. And, and the, 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 so the camera guy is across from me. I did this hilarious thing. I looked right into the camera. I was just like, I'm a bird! It was so funny. And after like 30, you only fall for 30 seconds, and then thank God, even pulled the parachute, and we're floating down for like 10 minutes, and it's just, you know, it's the first time in a while, it's just me alone with my thoughts, and Eben, and, <laughs> and I'm looking down, I, I think the Swiss Alps was beautiful, I, I, I don't even say that word a lot, but it was beautiful, and I just had this epiphany where I was like, ah, what am I doing? I, I wanna marry Michelle. You know, she, it wasn't that, it wasn't that I didn't want to marry her before, it's just that like I did and it went against kind of all these cynical systems I'd built in myself. But if I could jump out of a plane for no reason at all, I could certainly marry her for every reason. And so the moment we land, I vomit for 30 minutes, it was a long day. <laughs> but after that, I get on the phone, I call Michelle and she doesn't pick up, I call again, doesn't pick up and it's not something you want to leave over a voicemail. Uh, but I found out later that the reason she wasn't answering, she was actually at a friend's birthday party in LA where she was meeting for the very first time her now husband, the, the, the father of her two children. And all that is to say that life 
it doesn't wait until you're ready to take the leap. So I want to thank Vanessa for letting me be here, and congratulations on taking the leap right at the right time, and good for you. Thank you very much. of this story but I I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason like if you would have married Michelle you would not have been on singling <laughs> everything happens for a reason <laughs> guys we're gonna end the show with again uh, some gorgeous music from Pavel Rivera Thank you. Listening to the drift, to what I really think. Turn down the noise to make room for my own voice. Remind me again why I keep coming back like a wave to the shore. Remind me where I stand, my head is buried in the sand. Remind me again, why do I think of you every night the way that I do? And I can't see 
that my heart and my mind simply disagree. Thank you guys. Guys, thank you so much for being here and celebrating single in second anniversary with me.